Thought Guy. So March, when we talk about March. So March, um, our theme for March is uh, um, seeing the divine feminine in us all. And so I'm going to be talking about the divine feminine all month and the divine feminine that is in us all. Because as some of you may know, March is Women's History Month. And so we're going to explore the divine feminine in you. And in a gender-wise um, thing, uh, we're going to honor the women in history. So um, every week I'll be bringing in... <laughs> come on in. No. I'll be bringing into the talk um, women in history and a little bio about them maybe and some quotes that they have telling their story, etc., etc. Now, non-gender-wise, we're going to... Explore, like I said, the divine feminine that's in each and every one of us. You too. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and me too. Um, but I'm a 70s guy, so, you know, we naturally have a little divine feminine in us, whether we wanted it or not. Um, I also want to wish everyone a happy National Pig Day. <laughs> Oh, really? Today is National Pig Day. Um, I did talk about a pig last week, um, not knowing that this week was uh, National Pig Day. So uh, in honor of National Pig Day, I'm hoping that we will all avoid bacon or any pork today. Oh, good. If you can, just, you know. That's, that's a good that's, idea. That just seems me. Um, and if, uh, I don't think we have any around here, but if you happen to be um, in Utah later today, you can go to Piggly Wiggly. And shop. Oh, yeah. Or those who remember Piggly Wiggly. Oh, yeah. I didn't have Piggly Wiggly when I was growing up, but I know yeah, that they were there. We or maybe tonight you can go yeah. to the Pig and Whistle in Hollywood and have dinner to honor <laughs> National Pig Day. So today I want to honor the, um, the, <laughs> the famous female pigs. So Miss Piggy, of course. Oh, yeah. Probably the most famous um, <laughs> yeah. female pig. The Oinker Sisters which is a uh, musical trio from Sesame Street. And they oh. actually had a hit. I don't remember the name of it. Petunia Pig. Do you oh, know, remember yeah. who Petunia Pig is? That's Quirky oh, yeah. Pig's girlfriend. Yeah. And, of course, my favorite pig is Babe. Yes. Babe. Yes. Babe is, yes. You know, I was like, oh, Babe, I wonder... I better look like this. Babe is, babe is supposed to be a female pig, and Babe is oh, a I female, so... I thought it was a good on, good on us, pig. Um, so, uh, a couple of facts about pigs. Pigs don't sweat, so if you ever say I'm sweating like a pig, you don't know what you're talking about, um, because pigs don't actually sweat, which is why they roll around in the mud, and you would too if you were hot and couldn't sweat. Um, they're quite smart. Evidently, they're very smart. Um, there's there's an estimate that they are as smart as at least a three-year-old, which is pretty good. Um, they can recognize their mother's voice. They've proven that. And then and and I also read that there's a, a song that their mother will sing, and they will recognize that it's their mother singing that song when they're when they're little little babes. Um, and if you have a fear of pigs and you start running, don't bother. They are clocked at a seven-minute mile. Whoa! That is a fast. That's a fast little animal. Now, um, one thing about pigs is that they don't see very well, mm -hmm. and it's not because their eyes are, are kind of on on the out, you know, a little on the out. They're not quite centered. It's because they lack a focus in their eyes. They're mostly like a lot of animals. They smell um, and they hear. 
Um, and they, so they lack focus and they lack depth perception. And of course, then that gets me to my talk title, because <laughs> of focus and depth perception, which is, are you living a myopic life? Like a pig, it lives a myopic life. Now, many of us, I am, are myopic, or our eyeballs are myopic. Um, I wear contacts, and um, because uh, evidently at a certain age, I was told by an ophthalmologist, um, you, you uh, also lose some muscle control, which is different than your myopicness, and so that's why I have reading glasses as well. But um, the definition of being myopic is having a, an eyeball that is long, or long. I'm not sure which way the, the longness is, probably this way because of the focus. Um, so we only see what's really near to us. So that's all we focus on. You know, we only focus on what's right here, especially if you're um, uncorrected, if you don't have contacts or glasses on. You only focus, you know, what's right here because that's all you can see. So you don't see anything and you don't see much around you. Yes, you have peripheral vision, but you don't see much around you. Well, this happens in our perception of life, too. Uncorrected, our perception of life, we don't see the whole picture. We're only seeing what's right in front of us. You know, we start getting blinders. And it means that we're lacking the imagination. We're lacking the whole picture. We're lacking the foresight. We're lacking the intellectual insight that is there and available to us. Nearsightedness in eyesight and insight puts us out of balance. So whether it's your eyeballs or the insight within your mind, you're out of balance when you're myopic, and when you're living a myopic life, and we all get a little myopic now and again in our perception of life. So it's something to think about. Are you living a balanced life, or are you living a myopic life more than not? Are you living a life so focused you can't see the forest for the trees, as they say? Or is your, um, is your true nature in there? Or are you focusing all on your troubles? You get where I'm going with this? If we're all, we're all focused on the bills and, and um, everything that's going on in the news and the coronavirus and all this, all this stuff, not that things aren't important, but if we're all focused on the chaos and the trouble, we are, not, we are being myopic about life. We are not opening up and remembering the truth, which is around us, which is within us. Now, I want to bring up a, 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 a parable. I want to read a parable. It's a Hindu-Buddhist parable, um, usually called Blind Men and an Elephant. Has anybody heard this parable? Um, there was a gentleman in the uh, 19th century um, by name of John Godfrey Sachs, and he wrote a, a poem version of this fable, and it's called The Essence of an Elephant. It was six men of Indostan, to learning much inclined, who went to see the elephant, though all of them were blind, that each by observation might satisfy his mind. The first approached the elephant, and happening to fall against his broad and sturdy side, at once began the ball. God bless me, but the elephant is very like a wall. The second, feeling of the tusk, 
cried, Ho, what have we here? So very round and smooth and sharp, to me tis mighty clear. This wonder of an elephant is very like a spear. The third approached the animal, and happening to take the squirming trunk within his hands, thus boldly up he spake, I see, quoth he, the elephant is very like a snake. The fourth reached out an eager hand and fell upon the knee. What most this wondrous beast is like is mighty plain to me. But tis clear enough the elephant is very like a tree. The fifth, who chanced to touch the ear, said, Even the blindest man can tell what this resemble most. Deny the fact you can. This marvel of an elephant is very much like a fan. The sixth no sooner had begun about the beast to grope than seizing on that swinging tail that fell within his scope. I see, quoth he, the elephant is very like a rope. And so these men of Indostan disputed loud and long, each in his own opinion, exceeding stiff and strong, though each was partly in the right. All, yes, all, were very in the wrong. Now, yes, in this story, they're all blind. And they're all just feeling and deciding based on what they felt that the elephant must be this because they stayed there. They didn't go all around the elephant. And even if they were blind, they were, wow, like a fan, like a snake, like a trunk, like a wall. They would see the whole of the elephant. They had what is called proximity blindness. Now, I'm not talking about their eyeballs in, in this particular moment. I'm talking about the, that they weren't seeing the whole. And we do that too. We do that in our eyeballs, and we do that in our insight. When we have proximity blindness, we're all out of balance of what's going on. And when we have that, and, and you're probably going to have that one time or another with something going on in your life, then, you know, there's things you can do. You can treat, you can get yourself to a, a practitioner and have them treat with you, for you, as you. Or you can just... Sit down, take a second, and bring in that overview. Bring this back in. The divine, all its energies, all its power, all its attributes of the divine, knowing that you're it. And as you reveal that and become aware again of that, you will open up. In the Science of Mind book, there is a chapter called Repression and Sublimation, the spirit of sex, and it says life is androgynous, i.e. it contains within itself, meaning the divine, both the masculine and the feminine factors. The male and the female of creation come from one principle, all come from the one, and all will return to the one. All are now in the one and will forever remain in the one. Now, it is myopic of us to be gender-oriented in the divine as well as in ourselves, to close ourselves up to all the um, gender-like qualities. It limits our beliefs. It limits our ability to express the one that we are. Now, even in the scriptures, I know that we usually hear that 
um, that gender-oriented, that God, that spirit, that the presence is he. And a lot of people will, especially in New Thought, they'll, they'll get into that whole, well, they don't really mean he, they mean the, the energies of he, which I'll talk about in, the, in a second. The energies of the, of the sacred masculine, you might say. And, and that's why God is called he, not because God is some old man in the sky. That's more of a New Thought kind of excuse to me. What's interesting is the word in Genesis, there's hundreds of different words for, for God, for spirit, for the divine in, in, in the scriptures, both old, new, ones removed, all that stuff. But in the Hebrew, in the Syriac, in the Aramaic, the original, um, the original uh, 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 languages of the scriptures, the word for God is actually gender complete as they say. It's not gender neutral. It's not gender specific. It's gender complete. And let me, let me um, illustrate that for you. The word, especially in Genesis, that is used is Elohim. That is the Hebrew, Elohim. And Elohim is actually a mixed gendered word. The root of Elohim is Eloah. Eloah is a distinctly female title for the creative power of everything. And they attach that to the plural that is grammatically mas masculine. They, they put a suffix on the end. That's the heem. So that makes Elohim mixed gendered and thus gender complete. So God or, or the Lord or the divine or spirit or whatever you want to call it um, or translate it actually means father, mother, God. Because the word is both masculine and feminine, or both feminine and masculine, right then and there. That's what we're made of. That's what we do to keep in balance. So let's talk a little bit about the sacred masculine energy. Now, that's some of these things you'll realize, oh, that's why New Thought um, or, or New Thought type uh, philosophies um, excuse the using of he because these energies seem more masculine, which seems more like what's going on, but not really. Let's see. <laughs> so sacred masculine energy equals logic, reason, uh, taking action, loyalty, security, stability, assertive, but not aggressive. Aggression is not um, a true masculine energy quality. Um, aggression comes with ego and fear. So assertiveness is, is different. Um, a, a, mass, a sacred masculine energy is uh, clear intentions, um, strength, leadership, and courage, confident without arrogance. Again, arrogance is fear and ego in the way. If you need to be arrogant about you know, who you are, you know, a lot of people are arrogant because they don't feel heard. So that, that occurs too, but that, that again is a fear and an ego-based thing. So confidence without arrogance, rational without a need to be in control, honorable, diplomatic, and honest without a desire for war or violence, adventurous but not reckless. reckless. Those are considered the, the sacred masculine energies, okay? So some of them, you know, we all have those, obviously. Now, the divine feminine energy, now this is interesting, is a deep wisdom rooted in trusting one's intuition and heart. That's a definite 
feminine energy, a passionate, creative, and life-giving, obviously, force which supports deep, heartfelt nurturing and healing of all creation with gentleness, patience, and flexibility. That is feminine energy. So if you think about the creation, even if you think about the Big Bang, you think about the Big Bang as, 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 a, as a, a sort of, um, you can think of it as a violent thing because it's an explosion. And in our, in our vernacular, explosion seems to be a violent thing. And that's very masculine. But the act of creation, which only, um, as far as, as, as getting life to another human, is only a feminine thing. So both are going on at the same time when creation is happening. Whether you're reading creation in, in Genesis or any of those types of stories, and, and I started writing, writing a book about that, but I, um, I gave a talk about that a couple of months ago about um, creationism and, and uh, um, evolution and the Big Bang and how they actually are saying the same thing. Um, and um, in that whole intelligent design is not necessarily talking about God. I know the creationists have kind of picked up that idea of intelligent design, but to me, intelligent design is the Big Bang. Because, uh, what, you know, it, intelligence made that happen. But that intelligence has both the, design, the divine feminine and the sacred masculine going on at the same time. Because one couldn't happen without the other. It's first cause. First cause is what, in this philosophy, in the science of mind, um, we, we talk about um, God as first cause, as that the, the creation, the, the creative power, the divine, is first cause. And it's powerful, it's creative, it's loving, it's non-judgmental, it's omnipotent, it's, it's, it's omniscient, and it is androgynous. It has no gender, it has no sex gender. It is a dance, it is a, a balance that we all share when we are open to it. It's like many um, people are talking about this year because of the date of the year. It's really the 2020 vision of everything. The clear vision of everything is the combination and the balance of the sacred masculine and the divine feminine. So I want to ask us all to not be short-sighted. That's another thing that happens when you're myopic. You become short-sighted, right? Because you can only probably see this far, depending on your um, how much um, how much you are myopic. I want to say myopathy, but that's a whole different uh, <laughs> it's a whole, whole different thing. I read um, how much you're myopic is um, depending on how short short-sighted you are. Don't ignore that the divine feminine for us gentlemen. And, and the sacred masculine for the feminine of our gender to be mixed. Most of us, most of the people that I know and, and a lot of people that I know are watching do mix that. And occasionally a little more on some days and a little less of this on some days, but do mix that. Mixing that is what centers us, what balances us, what makes us logical and heart-centered, what makes us assertive but staying in the sacred, what makes us rational but through our intuition, what makes us strong and courageous while at the same time nurturing and healing. So I want to ask us all to be the God, to reveal the divine in us, to be the Elohim. 
Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote, people are like stained glass windows. They sparkle and shine when the sun is out, but when the darkness sets in, their true beauty is revealed only if there is a light from within. Living a myopic life, a short-sighted life, comes from living only from out here, like Caressa was talking about. When we're only out here, we're not seeing the whole picture. Oh, we can turn around, we can look around, we can write our notes and our goals and the, and the goods and the bads and all those comparison things. We can feel like we are um, doing a 360 about things happening in our lives and what we, want, what we would like to do to move that forward or in a different way. But if we aren't coming from within, this tends to dissipate. This tends to have less power. This tends to not, um, this tends to be one of those resolutions that, that go away on January 5th. <laughs> because we are not using the power that is coming from within us. We are so narrow focused. We are so myopic about, I'm going to do this. That we don't allow the power that is in here to support us. We're only taking action. We're only doing doing the masculine energy of the of this idea and not bringing in the divine feminine idea. So be gender complete. I'm not talking about your body parts. <laughs> be gender complete. And then you'll live a life of song, of poetry, of light, of love, of assertiveness, of courage, of strength, of honesty, of prosperity, and of love. Thank you so much. Namaste.